We are here with the American Committee of Shahar Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, sending us to this amazing and incredible facility in the holy city of Yerushalayim. And that is Shahar Tzedek Medical Center. Um, we are here in the, uh, in the beautiful and incredible hospital. You may recall that on Friday we had an opportunity to speak with the uh, outgoing Director General of the hospital, Professor Halevi, who spent some time with us at the Inbal Hotel this past Friday morning. It is a great pleasure to welcome to this show and to um, thank for his hospitality, his and his staff's hospitality, the Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center, Professor Ofer Merin. And you could watch all this on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Shalom. What a shalom, pleasure shalom. to have you Welcome. on again. Thank you very, very much. So how are things uh, a year later now that uh, you've taken the reins and you've had an opportunity to really experience this position as Director General? Is it the formal question? Are we recorded or should I say the real uh, natural answer? We're live. So I'm going so to say. I'm gonna, since we're live, <laughs> I'm going to encourage you to give us the real answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the real answer, I'm happy every day. There's, there's no challenges. Everything is flawless going. Um, to run a hospital these days um, is a real challenging uh, position. Um, and it's because of the main issues that we all know. The issues that all the world is facing. The balance between the medicine and the budget issues, the, the, the specific issues of uh, Jerusalem. You know, the population of Jerusalem is increasing, is growing. Right. The population is aging, as in every other uh, place in the world. So there's a challenge. There's a challenges of the facility. The facility is large, is growing, but still is not enough in the size as what we would uh, like to have. And again, there's... There's many struggles um, that we all struggle with the technologies that are going forward and our need somehow to continue to run this hospital uh, budget-wise. Uh, but to be honest, it's, it's a very nice position. Um, it's a nice position. You run in parallel many different uh, things from uh, looking at the next generation of healthcare providers, of uh, nurses, of physicians, um, looking of the health needs of the population right. of Jerusalem. I mean, it's a privilege to sit in this chair and you, say... You are, leading, you are leading an incredible staff with amazing departments. And as you said, you get to watch a lot of people start here and really come up through the ranks. One thing we did not know, uh, with all the discussions we've had about Shari Tzedek over the years, and we've had a lot, as you know, many of them in this building, we didn't realize in terms of statistics, it's not only the Jerusalem population that is giving you a big challenge. It's the number of people from outside Jerusalem, yep. from really a concentric circle that, that dominates this hospital. It's giving you a challenge as well. People from north, south, I mean, we're talking about you know, a very large area of Israel that's taking advantage of your facility. Yeah, there's no question about that. When hospitals are trying to say, you know, this is a service that we are out, outstanding in it, the question is not if the patient from across the street is coming here, one of the main issues is how many patients are coming from the north and from the south, as you are saying. And I would say, at least in some of our departments, about 25, maybe 30% of the patients are the population not in the direct catchment area of the hospital. Wh which to me sounds like yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so and this and is a certain, uh, you know, if you want to use the term center of excellence, this is the meaning of if 25, 30% of your patients are coming specifically here from far away where they have many hospitals along the way. That's, that's the meaning of that. Now, now, I know we're live and you're, and you're thinking about what to say to the public and not, but l l let me see how honest an answer I can get from you. It's amazing to watch 
what's going on now with the emergency room. It's incredible to watch, and we see the photographs in New York all the time, what's happening with the cancer center and the eventual building, which is going to be magnificent. Are you getting a lot of cooperation from the Jerusalem municipality? Are you getting the necessary cooperation, or is that a big struggle from your position to deal with what's sometimes called bureaucracy? Uh, well, first, uh, I'm honest about everything, you <laughs> know, about whatever I'm, I'm saying. Right, sure. So it's not a political, uh, I'm not trying to navigate myself into even the politically correct uh, answer. The municipality of Jerusalem, one of the first things that I did in the first weeks that I took the position was to sit with the mayor of uh, Jerusalem and to say I want to agree as I'm starting my new position that the responsibility of the health care of the people of Jerusalem is mine in yours as well. Wow. So if our emergency room is embarrassing or embarrassing, right? The way it is full, it's not my problem only. Yes, it is my problem, but it's your problem as well. And and he was very quick to respond and say, Yeah, okay, we're gonna try and together change this uh, position and I don't know if you know, but one of my first priorities was specifically our emergency room to double its size. Right. So we started um, an initiative about um, three, four months ago to double the size of it, and the municipality of Jerusalem is going to give us a third of uh, the money of that we need to, to increase the size. And hopefully in two years from now when we're going to speak, it's going to be really a much larger emergency room, and it's not only the size. You need to work a lot of the processes about the staff members and again the the facility itself so you have to well it does, it does sound like they're cooperating and what's also amazing and i guess most hospitals go through this but again we have an opportunity with you to see this on the front lines all of this is that's happening is going to happen as the emergency room continues to function 24 hours a day no. seven days a week how challenging is that um I mean, yeah, it, it is challenging, but we are, we, we are going to put it in a few steps. We're right. going to have the first step of this already um, finished within about three, four months. We started it, so it's going to be step step by step. So we're going to build, we're going to move patients over there and so on. The brain syndrome from this point is going to, uh, will not feel this. Uh, this and building. I assume the staff, knowing what the final result will be in two years, is demonstrating patience because they also want to see a magnificent facility. There's no question. You know, staff members um, are willing to work hard, are willing to work in in standards which which are not sufficient. If they know that we're aware about it right. and, and we're doing something about it. Right. So not everyone needs to see a result immediately. So, yeah, there's shortage of nurses sometimes. And again, as I'm saying, the facility is not always exactly as we want it to be. And there's shortage of physicians. But if they know that you are sincere by, by bringing this message, we're going to do something about it, and you see that you're doing it, then they are much more patient. Yeah. Professor Ofer Marin with us, Director General here at Charitetic Medical Center. You mentioned that you came in with the mandate of the emergency room, that you knew that that was going to be among your first projects. Has, has there been a department that you've had to concentrate on in the last year that you didn't expect, something that needed to be given some attention that you may not have expected when you first started? Um, I gave, you know, well, there's the medical part and the non-medical part, right. a lot to do with the non-medical part, with the technologies, with their IT department, which is strong, but probably needed more attention than what I planned. Mm. Uh, we need to move forward with our IT uh, systems and so on. Again, we have a good 
very good even. I but it's rapidly changing, it's right? It's rapidly changing, and, and, and we should cope with these uh, changes. From the medical point, um, I guess I'm putting a lot of efforts in the direct medical departments, in the medicine departments. Um, and again, this is mainly because what we see in the population. The population is aging. We see more and more elderly patients which are coming and in our facility is not ready enough for that and you know we don't we don't like to see patients in the corridors right. we don't like to see ventilated patients not in the proper unit and not with the proper monitoring i'm, I'm putting a lot of efforts on this wow is there a is I, this, I really don't know so i'm asking you nationwide in israel is there a shortage of doctors and nurses at this point or are we considering this a pretty stable time for for staff members in terms of being able to attract them here things are improving um, I guess it's going to take about a decade for now wow. till it's going to really balance. To uh, level out. The number of physicians per population in Israel is much less than the one in the United States. Um, but we are totally aware that there's not enough medical schools in Israel. Uh, and just this year, there's a new one in Ariel that's going to be opened. So it's, it's going to take about a decade where Israel is going to be able to educate enough physicians. We're not there yet. Professor Marin, you insisted, if I have the story straight, to remain commander of the field hospital unit for the IDF, correct? Yep. And you and I have discussed some of the adventures, and maybe that's the wrong word, but <laughs> some of the very serious situations that you and your team have stepped into around the world. And the only reason I wanted to bring this up when I mentioned Australia uh, before this conversation was I had heard a rumor, this may not even be true, frankly, but I heard a rumor that there was certain equipment that they rejected from other countries. Has it happened very often where Israel and your team has offered help around the world and literally you were out outrightly rejected so i want to start yes i'm keeping this position um, just by chance next week next sunday i'm gonna go for a week a, a full week with my team with my uh, idf team we're going to go to the south of israel wow. so it's going to be an international uh, conference about disasters there's going to be hundreds of people coming out of israel and my team, so-called my team, we are preparing a drill for these hundreds of people which are going to come and watch us in the south of Israel next week. Just so to see disaster relief yes. and how it works. So we're going to do it from Sunday to Thursday. We're going to be out somewhere in the field and people are going to visit us. And, you know, I was speaking just this morning with the management team about the reason why I'm keeping this position. So I'm keeping this position probably, first of all, with the message if the director general is willing to continue and keep his reserve position, it's it's a statement mm -hmm. because there's many, there's about 5,000 employees here in Charet because not everyone is happy to go to the reserves. But if the director general goes to the reserves and sleeps outside in the sleeping bag in the field, then probably everyone can do it. So it's a, it's a social message. It's, it's a public message by the thing that I'm doing it. And I think that my specific position has a national importance so that's probably why i'm trying to keep on this position and and it's a great I example guess, it's a great yes example. and i think probably god forbid it might serve sharit siddiq if we will confront any local emergency you know, mass casualty right. incident so my understanding about how to run it and um, about your uh, question specifically um so israel is quite strict when there is a disaster anywhere in the world, we 
can suggest our uh, experience in our assistance you as long it? we offer our assistance as long as we know that we have good connections so there was you know an earthquake in Iran last year so obviously we could not really right. offer our assistance over there for the countries that con confronted the uh, devastation and disaster when we offered it we we usually get their the yes response from them a, so a 90 yeah. to 100% yes, you know, I, I, you know, you really see that there's no politics in disasters. <laughs> One would hope yeah. not. <laughs> Let's hope it stays that way. Uh, I thank you so much. Oh, I didn't ask you. I must ask you because we keep hearing these devastating statistics about the flu in Israel. And I was not aware that there are as many cases that are as are being reported in terms of the flu throughout the country. What can you tell us? I want to be cautious because I don't know the worldwide statistics. Mm. I don't think they're different in Israel than in other places. Um, there's flu shots in Israel right. uh, for almost everyone that wants it. I mean, there's sometimes a short time shortage. But generally speaking, everyone can get a flu uh, shot. Um, as far as I know, are statistics like it are in other places? People are not aware that around the world there's That's a true. pandemia. Um, even at even this in time the U.S., the when we hear the stats, yes. we're shocked yeah. to hear how yeah. big it is, right? Because, you know, what it's usually, I'm cautious to say, it, it's the more elderly and more sick people, you know, that right. these are the ones that are usually more compromised, and, and, and these are the ones that we see. But, yeah, the, the numbers are. <laughs> The numbers are so amazing. One, so one could say the numbers are scary, but they're scary everywhere. Yep. The flu yep. is the flu, and it ends up, uh, unfortunately, affecting a lot of uh, societies around the world on an annual basis. I, I must tell you, I, first of all, I thank you, and I thank you for your hospitality. And I must say, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, as wonderful as your English was, it's a million times better. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, I really hope you don't take that the wrong way, <laughs> but you've obviously been working on your, uh, on your international presentation. Thank you very much. I hope much. you take yeah. that as a compliment. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's Thank Rabat. you very much. Thank you very, very really much. It's really a pleasure to host you over here. I appreciate that very, very much. More coming up. If you want to see the Facebook Live video, it's facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. That's how you can uh, uh, find us on Facebook. More coming up from the Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem on a Monday live at JM in the AM. <laughs>